Hello, and welcome again to a discussion episode of Pod Sothoth, a Lovecraft book club. I remembered the title. (laughs) I'm here today with my lovely and talented and indescribable co-host, Claire Reynolds. You just described me, but okay. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Yes, and we'll get into that. (laughs) Uh, I'm Todd Beardsley. I am usually narrator, sometimes co-host. But we are going to talk about The Unnameable by H.P. Lovecraft. So let's do it. Let's talk about it. Or we can talk about other stuff. So we have a YouTube channel that I wanted to talk about a little bit. We do? We do, actually. What? It's crazy. And Do we have a TikTok? We don't have yet a TikTok. Maybe we should get a TikTok. No one cares about YouTube anymore, right? So, no, not really. But YouTube recently launched uh, in, I want to say, early May, late April, early May. They launched on a slow rollout a podcasts feature, which I don't understand at all because <laughs> it's not really a podcast. It is not an RSS feed, which is kind of a technical thing that makes podcasts podcasts. Um, but if you publish, um, if you publish work in the uh, podcast tab, it will show up on YouTube Music, which is a thing. So, like, YouTube mm. is trying to make a play okay. into this podcast space where people... But just barely. But just only Mini- kind minimum of Minimum effort. <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm quite happy with our podcast publisher, uh, Buzzsprout. I think they're the greatest. Um, they have their own podcast, and it's great. Just, I don't know, Google Buzzsprout podcast and you'll find it um but yeah i tried it and so but the thing i like about it is i can make stupid card art for every episode which i have been doing like crazy. oh that's right <laughs> that's right i forgot about your ai yeah card so art. so i i've been using artificial intelligence <laughs> to create art uh i am part of the problem i very much am with the Writers Guild. I think they should be striking. But uh, I do like making my AI art. And so I'm using Stable Diffusion uh, with the dreamlike art model for all of this. And I have gotten card art for pretty much every episode we've recorded so far. Uh, I haven't uploaded them all to YouTube yet, but they'll they'll get there. And from this moment forward, you'll see if you follow us on Macedon, you can you can see all our stupid computer art. I don't know, some of it's pretty cool, and you can say things like nineteen twenties Art Deco style, and it looks it looks cool. Like I like it a lot. I make four um, for every show, uh, for every story. I make four different cards, and then I pick the one that I like the most. Um, but you could do this all day long. It's I mean it's a super lot fun. a lot of what makes AI art interesting is that you know it's ai mm-hmm. i mean like because oh yeah i'm not yeah. pretending that you know i'm sitting here drawing this stuff and i oh, know no, no 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 i'm not saying that i'm just saying that like that kind of makes me wonder whether it will continue to have that novelty whether it'll wear off i mean i think i imagine a dystopian future where we will pay money to go to offices to watch humans work <laughs> my god because <laughs> it will be because it will be a tourist attraction <laughs> like this will be manhattan you right. know with all of their mostly empty you know hybrid offices 
part part of the room will be um will be the gallery so you can watch them you know like surgeons of the 19th century <laughs> way less interesting yeah so if you if you go on youtube and you search for pod soft off uh we appear to be the first hit on that search term so we've nailed the seo <laughs> for pod soft off for pod soft off i don't know about lovecraft or anything but um but yeah it's there so i'm slowly filling in the back catalog if people like it great i'll do it if not i don't care i'll put it up there anyway <laughs> this, is, this is all vanity as it turns out how are you claire i'm great cool. how are you i'm i'm wonderful you want to talk about the story yeah all right yeah cool the one that I just the one you just read to and read like about ten minutes ago seven minutes ago as, and I as <laughs> at first I listened to Todd's lovely lovely voice you never listened to this podcast. I just did and then I yelled out that's it <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's short it's a story about a story yeah you know what okay. let's let's go let's let's he's get been claiming it. he has a bomb to drop yeah i i do i have some bombs uh-huh. um some truths <laughs> spitting truths well let's baby let's talk about the story uh so this story is about two friends people let me tell you about my best friend exactly god damn it now i have to find that uh and they're having a debate about the nature of the indescribable. I see that as the text. This is the most college debate that you could ever have. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, you know, the main character is named Carter. We all kind of assume here in Lovecraft Land that this is Randolph Carter, who has shown up several times. Randy C. Good old Randy C. <laughs> so you are most familiar with, with Randolph Carter as Randy C. in, um, in Arkham Horror colon the living card game he's a main he, he's like a main npc in oh, what's it called the dream uh, dream something? weavers dream yeah. dream eaters dream not dream <laughs> eaters <laughs> that's the wrong one yes it's dream eaters <laughs> um very good i i like dream eaters a lot it's a it's a weird cycle for arkham horror because it plays like four and four basically you have four scenarios on the dreamland side four scenarios on the real world side it plays pretty fun um the i think the first time i played it through you were out of town so i played it you did you played by yourself i played by myself um it was still like kind of covety so i didn't really want to go anywhere but you were out of town and so i um, yeah, I, I, I rolled through it as Zoe is a monster in dream eaters. She is a murder machine and she's great. Um, but yeah, so Randolph Carter is in that. If you play the dream, if you play the waking side, Randolph Carter is your friend. If you play the dreaming slot side, the black cat, which we have a, but we own a black mm-hmm. cat. Of course we do. Yeah. Um, is, is your friend. So he's never your friend. No, he's not. Yeah, he's your acquaintance. Turns out they both turn evil. Spoiler <laughs> yeah. alert. So. Um, but you should have seen that coming a mile away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Randolph Carter, um, he is the most prolific human character in Lovecraft stories. He shows up all over the place. He shows up in Statement of Randolph Carter, for starters. Um, that was our second story we ever covered on this podcast. So go back to episodes three and four and listen to the Statement of Randolph Carter. And you will notice that Randolph Carter gets his friends into supernatural trouble quite a bit. Yeah, my bad. Um, and that's what happens in the story. Recall in uh, Statement of Randolph Carter, his his pal Harley uh, gets gobbled up by ghouls. In this one, 
his friend gets attacked by the unnameable. Now, this just makes me want a like a Scooby Doo style cartoon of mm-hmm. Randolph Carter. Mm-hmm. His adventures. Like a Hanna Barbera. Uh-huh. Everyone's wearing kerchiefs. <laughs> Randolph Carter. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it was you the whole time. Um, the friend's name is Joel Manton. Joel is of the of the opinion that nothing is truly indescribable. Surely. Oh, he didn't say they didn't say indescribable, did they? They just said unnameable. Indescribable and unnameable. Those are two different things. Okay, well, what's the difference? Well, if I name something, <laughs> uh-huh. that's like Gary is a name. Sure. But you don't describe someone as Gary. You describe someone as tall. Sure. Right. All right. I mean, I took it as the nature of it. So I'm I mean, taking it very literally. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm looking which for is the why, word. Which is why I'm disagreeing with the whole premise that anything is unnameable. You can name anything you Gary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so anything can be named Gary. SpongeBob's. This is what this monster was. <laughs> SpongeBob's. <laughs> Slug friend. Yeah. Or snail friend, rather. <laughs> um, yeah, the name that Gary could be the name of the unnameable. No, but this is the thing. I mean, here's the line, right? Manton remained uh, thoughtful as I said this, blah, 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 but reminded me that even the most morbid perversion of nature need not be unnameable or scientifically indescribable. Okay. So I think he's using it interchangeably. I see this as okay, see. Lovecraft personally arguing for his own penchant for <laughs> describing things as indescribable. Um, this comes. <laughs> this is this is core Lovecraft, uh-huh. and he's arguing. It's like no, 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 no. There are there are things beyond the ken of of people. Do you think someone called him out? They were like, can you stop calling things indescribable? Because literally you just described it. <laughs> and then he was like, no, something could be indescribable. Probably. Probably. Like, you know, I like to think he dashed this off. It's like, no, no, no. Here's, here's how something can be unnameable. Here's how something can be un- indescribable. And so that's, that, that's kind of what I take from the story. But you're right. As you said earlier, this is a story of a story because the main character is an author. And he claims to have written a story about an enemy. I feel like I'm talking a lot. Do you have? No, okay. no, I don't really have much to say. I mean, the, I this did this did not hit me like super hard. I, I so before I read it a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. what we watched the we tried to watch something the unnameable. Yeah, it was a <laughs> it movie was from bad. like yeah, it was bad, but also there were some interesting things in mm-hmm. it, but didn't do much for me, which i recognize is not great for podcast it's bad theater. for podcasting huh? yeah all right i'll come up with some stuff hang on all right Keep <laughs> here's okay well let me hit you with this this is not a story about a story this is a story about a story about a story there's three levels of story here one lovecraft wrote the unnameable was this the mom that you're dropping yes I do not feel exploded. I'm getting to it. It's a slow burn. It's a slow fuse bomb. One, (laughs) Lovecraft wrote this story. Two, it is a story about an author who wrote a story Mm -hmm. about the unnamed, about this monster that is, in fact, right behind you. Okay? That's the the MacGuffin here. Yeah, that's what I couldn't figure out. Mm It's like he's writing this story. He He wrote a story about a thing that, actually happened three did he bring it to life just by telling the story that's a take 
I don't know. I, I haven't even thought of that. But I will say his source material, the fictional author's source material. Oh, the diary? Is Cotton Mather's. It was Cotton Mather's diary? No, he talked about oh, yeah. like his own, an- oh, is he saying Cotton Mather is his ancestor? No, he is saying his ancestor was around the period. So there's a very clear reference uh, to uh, the Magnalia Christos Americanus, mm-hmm. which was by Cotton Mather. It was published in London. Allow me to read. From Cotton Mathers. I, I will sound appropriately stunned. Okay. Yes. This is in, in real world. So we're back in our world. Okay. We need different, if you could, if this was visual, there uh-huh. would be different shades of light. Like, so that right. you could know. So this is like a kind of a, kind of a. Like a Breaking blue. Bad, Mexico yeah. Yeah. versus <laughs> U.S. At the southward, there was a beast which brought forth a creature which at night pretended something of a human shape. Now the people minded that the monster had a blemish in one eye, much like what a profligate fellow in the town was known to have. This fellow was hereupon examined, and upon his examination confessed his infamous bestialities, for which he was deservedly executed and a story. That is the entirety of it. It is one paragraph. Uh, and it's it's under the section of uh, in, of the history of New England. Uh, it's on page three forty four and three forty five. It spans a page. What I say to you, what I posit to you, is this real life work, this real life six hundred and something page tome, is the kind of tome that you will find in. Lovecraft role-playing games. It is, that is the kind of thing you bring out of it. And you all now, if you're in the sound of my voice, have just gotten 1D4 mythos skill (laughs) from hearing that because it turns out it's real in, you know, in in this fictional universe. So uh, that, that is the bomb I'm dropping is that we have these forbidden tomes and the work of reading these tomes is enormous. And this is why, so we're starting a Call of Cthulhu game. And there are all these mechanics about reading tomes and how they take weeks and weeks to read. It is because they're incredibly boring. Because I started reading around this section. I'm like, wow. (laughs) Unless I already knew that there was like a description of a monster in here. There is absolutely no way I would crack this thing open. Um, You know, it's 600 pages of, you know, late 18th century Puritan nonsense. Uh, and he goes over and over, he goes on and on in the story about how this is a source from from Cotton Mather. So I don't know. So that's my bomb is that I found a real world tome. It is akin to the Necronomicon. And if you read the Christos uh, Magnalia Americana or whatever it's actually called, um, you will get one d ten mythos skill. So what you're saying is there's probably other secrets in there that. Is the Necronomicon? I'm not saying it's the Necronomicon. Ne- the Necronomicon. It's a Necronomicon. <laughs> it's a Necronomicon. Um, it's written by this Puritan crazy from New England. Um, God, Con- imagine how awful it would be to live in a time of Puritans mm-hmm. where people are just constantly regulating your morality and deciding that they know what's best for you. It would be horrible. Your body. It would be, especially if you're like a woman mm-hmm. or a person of color mm-hmm. or a queer. Mm-hmm. That it would be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. Just 
I'm just going to sit here and imagine. Thank God it. we're past those. Times. I'm going to sit here and imagine that here in Texas, United States, oh, 2023. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry for that uh, downer. <laughs> anyway, it was first published in 1702, um, and and yeah, so that's what I got out. Which which is the first I'm familiar with Unnameable. I watched Unnameable as a child, as a 14 year old. Uh, and I almost immediately forgot it, except for there is some like brief um, nipple nudity at the in the last third. It doesn't even show up until like toward the end, which is weird. Like usually horror movies start off with with you know boobs. Nothing happens in that movie for until, a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a sequel, yeah. by the way. No, I I know I did. I saw that. <laughs> now I will say this is totally off topic. Mm-hmm. However, the woman and maybe we should go back and watch some of it after this no i just because i saw that not the main girl not Mm -hmm. the the final not the final girl but her friend Mm -hmm. dressed and looked exactly like chrissy from stranger things and i'm wondering did he pull it from that but that's such an obscure thing to pull it from, but they looked so much alike, and oh, the maybe. dressing was so much alike. Like, you know, did he? Ca- did was she? And I'm saying he. I don't know who directs Stranger <laughs> Things. I have no idea. It's two people. Yeah, the brother. It's two, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I'm just wondering if like the casting was based on that, it or if it's just, or if it's just a coincidence. Unnameable was like so in the 80s. It was like unnameable, and then everything student Stuart Gordon did. Yeah, you know, and because unnameable was not a Stuart Gordon and Brian Yunza. You know, it's not those guys. This is definitely second tier Lovecraft. So maybe, I mean, it is it is a poll that I don't know. Yeah, one percent of Stranger Things people would get. Uh, I don't know. I mean, or, I wouldn't. Have, yeah, you know, maybe it's just for them. Like, I maybe am, it was a coincidence. Or like, I am a person who always plays to the back of the room. Like, of course, yes. I I am very here for the joke that lands. With four people out of a hundred, yes, because you, those four people get it. Your stated <laughs> uh, position with regards to uh, Halloween costumes mm-hmm. is that you would rather one person get it than a hundred people get it. Absolutely, because when that one person get it, the payoff yeah. is enormous. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing. I see that. <laughs> it's like when the boy was <laughs> Stampy Longnose. Uh huh. Exactly. (laughs) Nobody knew who he was. Well, they were just like, Minecraft, Minecraft, Minecraft. And then one kid was like, Stampy Longnose. Such a payoff. (laughs) Like Like, that is an emotional hit every time. (laughs) The kids were great. Like there was one year where um, the the older kids were Doctor Who villains. And and one of them was a Dalek. (laughs) And one of them was a Cyberman. And and I'd say 80% of the people recognized the Dalek. The other kid was a robot, as far Aww. as anyone was concerned, <laughs> except for like the four who got it. Especially if they're standing next to each other, yeah. Then you, right. if you've ever seen Doctor Who, then right. you get it. Right, the Dalek is much more <laughs> recognizable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had something. I've already forgotten it. Cool. So, <laughs> my big bomb drop was Cotton Mather's work is a real life tome, and if you want to get Mythos score, you should read it, and then also under like appreciate how hard it is to read a 17th century text that's 600 pages long. Um, oh no, I want to say when were treadmill when were treadmills invented? What? I guess I think of treadmills as What's being a line? modern thing. It was 
that a mind can find its greatest pleasure in escapes from the daily treadmill. Oh, I don't know. So, was the word treadmill invented, or maybe treadmills are have been around long? I mean, I guess all it is is just like it's some mechanical. gears and a I imagine, thing. You know what I imagine? Um, the the Kellogg Spa. Right, 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 right. I in in you, Michigan. Yeah, I bet you there's a treadmill there. Okay. <laughs> also, like the fat yes. shaker that you yeah, wear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Okay. Listeners, if you right. can tell us. When the treadmill was invented, I will send you a box of Kellogg's crisps. The, what are Kellogg's crisps? I don't know. I made it up. You made it up. You made, like cornflakes. That's corn all I think Yeah. Corn that's, oh my God. Are they not called crisps? What are, you, are they not called crisps? <laughs> yeah, in America. How do you call them? <laughs> oh, British. What are crisps? <laughs> what is cereal? Mm-hmm. Come here for all of your terrible British accents. Uh-huh, yes. So okay. So anyway, okay. I guess we should talk about the story. So these two these two dudes are sitting on a tomb and they're talking about so, what is I like this. And they're not so, gay. So here's the thing: it's just two bros. There's, there's two guys sitting on a sitting on a tomb as mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. You know, just talking about what is nameable. That's not nameable. This is not nameable. Right. This is yeah. And cut that out, please. Okay, sure. (laughs) So, so, okay, back to the story. (laughs) Two dudes sitting on a tomb, like two dudes do. (laughs) And they're talking about what is unnameable, what is indescribable. And it turns, oh, and there's this whole thing about like capturing an image in glass because you've been looking through the glass. Like, there's a lot of of work on that. That's just like a, a. well, yeah, he was like, oh, well, I got to... It's a big the, part of the, the movie. The boy went in there yeah. because he believed that a glass could capture the image of whoever was sitting in front of it. And I was like, uh-huh. wait, what? I've never heard that yeah. theory before. It comes up It comes up in the movie where it's like, and because it's the 80s, they talk about radiation and stuff. And so they're like, right. oh, yeah, it's radiation. That's how that works. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but in in here, it's like this this notion, right? That it's like, oh, like the this unnameable thing was in there for so long that it like cast its image in the glass. The kid goes in and uh, I don't even remember what happens <laughs> with the kid. I guess he runs away screaming and he tell, tells the thing. And then, and then um, the friend Manton is like, man, I really wish I could see this house. And Randolph Carter does his big reveal. He's like, Oh, you could see the house. It's right behind you. <laughs> You already did. <laughs> and he's it's, like, what? It's like the, it's like the, does outdoor advertising work? It just did. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> that is exactly what has happened. Yes. And so I feel like Randolph Carter is a little bit of a dick for setting him up like this. <laughs> cause then shit goes south real fast. Cause then the unnameable shows up. Yeah. Okay, but wait, we have yes. to. Yes. First of all, I'm, I'm just Back yeah, I'm just skimming through here. I see the term flagrant trashiness. By the way, which I thought uh-huh. was amazing. when he's talking about I his like flagrant trash. Yeah, I know you do. No, fan. but here's my favorite thing where he says it had been an eldritch thing, and I was like, nice. hashtag eldritch thing, <laughs> ba boom. Nice use of the word eldritch. Uh huh. That's yeah. all. Okay. No, there's so much not happening in the story. <laughs> it's mostly two dudes talking to each other like a yeah. team like you do. Yeah. And then um, Manton gets attacked by by presumably the unnameable. And it really is unnameable. Well, because they're just sitting there. 
Yeah. They didn't. So at least in the movie, they go into the house. They, yeah, they do the 80s, like, poke the beast kind of thing. Yeah. And also yeah. maybe have a little sex and get some boobs out. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to get people to pay right. those ticket prices. I agree. It's yeah. a little bit of a sleeper, but you know what? It isn't uh, racist. There is, I think, was zero percent racism in this in this story. Oh my God, so I think it's you're a, right. It's a nice break from. What I think we've you're right. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm if sure we could find got, some racism yeah. if we wanted to look for it. Yeah. No. No. But no. This no. on its Let's... surface is feels very unracist. So so that's nice. Um, yeah. The unnameable attacks. Uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the name of the unnameable? No, Manton. Manton is oh. Joel Manton. <laughs> um, and in the description of how indescribable this is, mm-hmm. it seems pretty indescribable. So, like, that's true. I will is, give him that. He's it. It reminds me very strongly of Dunwich Horror or Dunwich Horror. I'm not super sure how you pronounce it. Um, uh, it's a very kind of Yogg-Sothian sort of like being of geometry that you can't really put your mind around which i like you know i like it's like oh no this is this is unnameable here you go um but it definitely has horns <laughs> it seems very describable yeah <laughs> four inch horns specifically uh cloven hooves uh-huh yeah so we got that sounds familiar <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What I'm getting is it's a devil, is a, but is like it's more of a yeah. boba Satan. But then also <laughs> because there's a lot of there's a lot of balls and spheres yeah. involved. Yeah, because then at the at the end of all, he's, it was everywhere a gelatin, a slime. Mm-hmm. Yet it had shapes, a thousand shapes of horror. Beyond thousand shapes of horror, yeah. which is the name of one of the quests in Dream Eaters. Is thousand shapes oh. of horror. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we have to have the horns, the hooves, the blemished eye. The blemished eye is key. That mm-hmm. is that is crucial for tying it back to the cotton yeah. hatter thing. But here's the thing. This thing, okay, so this thing appears and mm-hmm. attacks them and, you know, roughs them up, mm-hmm. puts some two malignant wounds on Ma- on Joel Manton. Yep. And then they end up in what? what they were appearing in They end a, up in, in St. Mary's Hospital. No, but they... but. They were found in like a where were they found? Uh, a lonely field. Yep. A, a farmer had found us at noon in a lonely field beyond Meadow Hill, Meadow Hill, a mile from the old bur- So this thing just like punched them up. He punched them like a then, mile and away. Dragged, yeah, yeah. Is that what happened? <laughs> did he? Did the thing? She's a. It's a she. Well, I only say it's, she from the movie. Yeah. Okay. In the movie, whatever it's it was, it either kicked them with its cloven hooves uh-huh. and and a mile. you know yeah yeah tossed them very like, dragon ball z yeah style. exactly a mile away or it dragged them a mile away D- chose not to kill them was uh-huh. just like not in my cemetery you want you to get the hell out mm-hmm. and then left them alive yeah to recover at saint mary's hospital mm-hmm. which is by the way why you know it's an arkham because uh, same, it's, That's the only place of a, where there's a St. Mary's Hospital. Yeah, no, that there is a St. Mary's Hospital in Arkham, and yeah. there isn't a St. Mary's Hospital in Boston. Because <laughs> Randolph Carter is from Boston, but this takes place in Arkham, and that's how you know. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it dragged them away. I like that it kicked them like over the horizon. Yeah, I like that too. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> and you just see like a little puff of smoke in the background. <laughs> uh-huh. yes. 
Uh, and that's the whole story. So they were talking about what is unnameable. An unnameable thing attacks them, kicks them a mile away. <laughs> and end of story. Yep. This gives me so much hope for the Call of Cthulhu campaign. I'm I'm trying to start. I think we will start in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, because really just like weird shit has to happen to the characters. And then that could be the end. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to have like... That's the they thing. do no investigating. Yeah, that's the thing with so much of Lovecraft is yeah. it's just like a thing happens mm-hmm. and there's no overarching theme to it or nope. like, you know, it's it's just a vignette, mm-hmm. a horrifying vignette. Yep. And they're totally unprepared. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, so, Unnameable, I give it a thumbs down. It's not great. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading a Lovecraft story I like. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. I think the last one I read that we liked was The Hound. Like, The Hound really hit me. Yeah, hard. I like The Hound. I like The Hound. I liked a little bit of the horror at Red Hook. Um, but boy, that one is so racist. Oh, yeah, it's bad. Um, yeah. So. It's fine. I just want to know the follow-up. Like, these two college kids are just like, Oh God, we got beat up by a, a unnameable thing, and then they just—that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have a couple things in the mailbag. First off, um, we're, we've got a request, which I will. F- I will endeavor to fulfill. The next story by request is The Nameless City. I have no idea what this story is. I don't remember well, it. Well, let's do it. I, we're, uh, while we're on unnameable and nameless things, we uh, might as well. May as well. May as well. It's a twofer. <laughs> the Gary City. Uh-huh, no. <laughs> the Nameless City, a.k.a. Wait, Gary no. Town. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, Gar- Garyton. <laughs> Gary. Indiana. Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana. <laughs> yeah, this whole song about how nameless it is. Um, so, yeah, so we'll do Nameless City. And then, also, I wanted to mention that we got in the physical mail a compact disc from uh, Mark Jenkins of markjenkinsmusic.com. Mark Jenkins has the distinction of being the first person to produce a compact disc using entirely an Apple iPod for music. Really? Yes, that's what is on his website. Oh my God, that's awesome. (laughs) Possibly it's in the Guinness Book. I don't know. (laughs) He's in the UK, so he should be in the Guinness Book if he's he's not already. Um, But Mark Jenkins, uh, send him the CD. It's pretty cool. I'm going to see if I can... Here's the problem. It is a it is a compact huh. disc. It yeah. is not available for no, download. Yeah, no, we had to go find <laughs> our Zoomer hipster daughter. Luckily, who had, yes, who had a <laughs> she buys Taylor Swift CDs for some reason, and then has the physical media, and therefore has a mechanism to play them. Yeah, I need to figure out in my. 21st century IT setup that has nary a CD-ROM around how to sample this into this podcast. (laughs) But I really liked it. It was... It's good. It was very atmospheric. So so let me say the name of the thing. It is called Modular Sessions 9 colon 
The Mouth of Madness, um, which is, of course, a reference to the Sam Neill movie of the same name. Um, it is there. The second track on there is called Do You Read Sutter Kane, which I really liked. Um, and I'd say the, the second track is my favorite, which is what I will play over this if I figure out how to sample the <laughs> CD into this podcast. Um, but that's kind of his thing. Like this whole series is, work for it. is CD only. Um, he covers the shipping uh, if, you, if you buy it from him. And you cannot download it until someone rips it and pirates it and puts it on BitTorrent, <laughs> which I'm definitely not going to do. Mark Jenkins. God would never do pretty, that. No, of course not. Why would I do that? Why would I have ever done that? <laughs> With Faith what? No More. <laughs> Faith No More. <laughs> oh my God. I definitely was the source of every Faith No More on Napster. I listened to uh, <laughs> driving my daughter to school today. We listened to um, How Stuff Works, mm-hmm. uh, the story of Millie Vanilli. Oh, and she was very good. She was <laughs> mystified, like <laughs> what? And then I was like, "No, you got to Google these guys. Look at look at them up. This is uh-huh. how they got away with it, you know." And they were. I was like, "They were incredibly good looking." And mm-hmm. she goes, "She goes, oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like looking at angels. I know. You can't look directly at them. <laughs> Mark Jenkins is also like an angel. I assume. I don't of know. Course. I've never seen a picture of him. Um, but he's been making electronic u- music since like the 90s. He's awesome. And anyway, he sent cool. us a CD at his own expense so we would listen to it and mention it on the yeah. podcast. No, and I have to say, I this under is, the impression that this reaches anyone. Yeah. For real, though, I was like, what? And then Todd started playing it, and I was like, oh, you know what? I really like this. It's it's creepy. And, it's and it's like a creepy yeah. tangerine dream. So yeah. if that hits you, mm-hmm. like, you should buy this CD and also a CD player to play it in. Yes. My CD player in my truck is currently my iPhone stand. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not going to work. Um, TJ wrote in and asked if we had seen the Dreams in the Witch House episode of Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. And I have, I don't think you have. I don't know if you have. It's, I remember watching. There was I think there so. was like a Guillermo del Toro intro, which yeah. is a very like Alfred Hitchcock sign of intro. Yeah, I think I did. It's fu- do you remember anything no. about it? No, yeah, exactly. but but it's- no, 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 no. But I don't remember anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this one is particularly forgettable. True. It is called Dreams in the Witch House. It has see, I don't even remember what happens in the story of Dreams in the Witch House. Oh I know. See, that's what I'm telling you. You can't, Claire. Dreams in the Witch House. Do we need to read it again? We... Is that the one where they're in the house and the geometry is uh-huh. all off? Yes. Okay. Yes. Very much so. Zion Mason, it. Brown yeah. Jenkin. Okay. okay. Elder Things. Okay. So all right. I am so disappointed. <laughs> well, then continue to be disappointed because this is what you're looking at, baby. So it's this okay. A... So apparently the makers of this TV show also are, had a similar <laughs> reaction to Dreams in the Witch House where they remembered two things about it and that was the whole thing. There's like a sister in it um, you know, for no reason. There's no sister in the original. Oh, um, I'm starting to remember, yeah. Yeah. and there's well, like What a, did TJ have to say about a, it? He, TJ just asked if he'd seen oh, okay. it. And well, I'm going to so, feel really bad if he loved it and we're like, no, or well, she. TJ, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything about pronouns. Um, I don't know. I don't know nothing about (laughs) pronouns. Uh, But TJ, it's not great. 
um, in in my opinion. I like the first one in that series in Cabinet of Curiosity. What's it called? Like Lot 39 or something like that. He's looking at me as if I'm going to know. Yeah, you're never going to know. But um, the first one in that series is really good. I think that one is, in fact, directed by Guillermo del Toro, and I think every other one is a, is another guest director, and they're all, mm, they're fine. I, Claire comes at this as a hater of anthologies. Absolutely. Twilight Zone, fuck you. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Outer Limits, no thank spit you. spit on you. <laughs> Amazing stories? No. <laughs> Whatever. Now, that I did get into when I was a kid. There was one there's one episode I remember and it's the one where the uh it's World War 2, I guess, and okay. he's caught in the the bubble that's underneath the plane and uh oh, the, yeah, yeah. the wheels get blown off or whatever and then he hit the he cartoonist has in. to draw yeah. the wheels in. I remember that. That's it. <laughs> no. No, I don't like cuz as soon as I get invested You don't like anthologies. In a character. Why are you on gone. a short story podcast? <laughs> Because I'm married to you. <laughs> oh, I love you. <laughs> that is the power of love. Uh-huh. Also, I've never really been invested in any of these love no, characters. Of not. No. So. <laughs> so if you're invested in any of these Lovecraft characters or your podcast host, please reach out to us. Uh, we're on Macedon, podsothoth at defcon.social. If you're on Macedon, you know how that works. If you're not, figure it out because Macedon will take you like an hour to figure out. It's not that big of a deal. It's hard. It's not hard. It's a little hard, but it's fine and fun. So, I have a, qu- I have yes. a question. What? Darn. Audience. Yes. I'm going to need you to write in. Uh-huh. Should we do a spinoff podcast <laughs> where we review each episode of... Greatest American hero. That is the question before you, audience. <laughs> I, th- I think we should. <laughs> so I did a little market research on this already. There was a Greatest American Hero podcast, but they stopped publishing several years ago. So I think the, I think, I think the niche is there if we yeah. want to do it. And we watched an episode. Here's what happened. We watched an episode the other night when we were tired and we're mm-hmm. like, let's watch something dumb. We're and, on Tubi. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is not that bad. <laughs> it's actually it's good. weird. I mean, it's for dumb, sure. dumb 80s stuff, but it was. It's so long, too. Like, yeah. these episodes are like 45, 50 minutes long. Yeah. It's, did they not sell any advertising during these episodes? It's I don't crazy. Know. I don't know. But it was, it was, it was funny. I don't Great, know. Greatest American the Hero is an eldritch tale of finding an alien technology you don't fully understand. Oh, oh, it is. <laughs> so, so it could be a true spinoff. Could be a spinoff. All right. We need a good name and also we need music. So just send us your MP3s or CDs of, <laughs> of your music uh, that we can use as an intro to Greatest American Hero. And it can't be the hit theme song because that is super <laughs> copyright encumbered. <laughs> Nope, I'm not even going to play it. <laughs> I'll play a sample. I'll play it. Can a- I sing it? Oh, sure. Yeah, you can Be do it. Believe it or not. Oh, he's taking off his headphones. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm adjusting my headphones. No, so I'm gonna go hear on. Better. No, I'm done now. Um, and yeah, so anyway, <laughs> follow some master. I'm walking on air. Okay. <laughs> you can email us. Our email address <laughs> I never thought I could feel so (laughs) free. I saw that one coming. Hideous at podsothoff.com. Fly it away. (laughs) 
hideous at podsopoff.club. Why hideous? It is the most common On word. It is the day. most common weird word that Lovecraft uses. Oh, could it be? <laughs> Uh, if you like Believe this nonsense, uh, leave a five-star review on this podcast and look forward to the Greatest American Hero podcast that Claire wants to do, which I'm on board. Like, we can do a podcast that I want to do, and we can do a podcast that Claire wants to do. That's fine. That's allowed. Why not? Thank you so much for your time. And next time, I think I can say with confidence, we will be covering the nameless city by H.P. Lovecraft, which I have no idea what it's about. Or how long it is. Or how long it is. Anyway. Name your shit, I guess. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 